Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are very glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on the following links. USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Light or Darkness, Choice of Generations The choice of generations since the coming of the Lord to die on the cross for our atonement is life or death. The light of Christ or darkness of sins and rebellion. Prophecy America Among the Nations America Today, America today is so busy squabbling, infighting, and the future of America is divided. This nation and the nations of men all hang in the balance of the Lord. Christ Jesus of the faith you follow the hard-nosed fact of who we are is not the faith, but the Christ of the faith, whom you are to follow. And the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Christian Prophecy Persecution Classic at Warren Radio. We were warned by the apostles and in Revelation, yet today the flood of persecution reports cannot tell the whole story. House of Jacob, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 12 on Battle Lines. We look at a prominent portion of Isaiah and find, find a famous section referencing a miraculous deliverance in Judah. Here we have the antagonist and the protagonist. And the Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller. Written by the watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. When he who opposes rises, believers overcome by faith. We introduce a former black ops sniper named Mac. He is hardcore and one of the best at what he does. His work is secretive, elusive, and necessary, but he wanted out. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Google Play, which also features the ebook and Angus and Robertson and many more. And be sure to go to danaglinsmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio newsletter, where you can also visit our Christian books and resource shop where we feature the rising and other Christian books, as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, 
Find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Doing good. Just like you should. What year are we in? 2525. Ziegler and Evans. In the year 2525, if man is still alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. about 500 years, so I doubt it. They must have had Biden for a president. <laughs> That's all there is to it, you know. You mean there's going to be a guy like that? Yeah. 473 years from now, I'd be surprised if the we were still around. Oh, that's a long time. That was a good song, but it was very prophetic. If man is still alive. Yeah. Of course, they probably had doubts. But at any rate, here we are in the year... 2023. Had us this in is 2023. Had us in 2023. I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a long ways away. 523. Well, anyway, 523. No, 502. Three years. 503. Yeah, that's what I said. What was I thinking? I don't know what I came up with. 473. Well, at any rate, folks, welcome to the show. We're here doing the potpourri portion of the show. Talking nonsense. Let's get on there. Yeah, we are in Isaiah. Been doing this. This is 119. It's kind of funny. Is it ever going to end? It will end, you know. Yeah. But. uh, It's not dreadful. I don't mean that. I'm just, uh, you know, taking my time and going through it because it's a long book. There's a lot to cover. And, you know, we're doing it in one hour segments. And uh, sometimes we don't make it very far. But at any rate, each little portion has a message. That's what it seems. There's always a message that we can relate to today. That's right. Really. It is. That's true. So at any rate, tomorrow we'll be in Hebrews. And, uh, boy, we're plowing down. We're three days and uh, can you believe it? February. I can't believe January's already over. Yeah, we survived Biden for one year and one month. And three days. Woo woo. Uh, When was he installed? On January 20th? Actually, I think it's 25th. Somewhere around there. So it's not quite a year. It seems like. I just take it from the very first part of the year. Because uh, he is concentrated and a little bit of him goes a long way. Yeah, that's true. And then you add on Pelosi and all the other nincompoops up there. Yep. But anyway, we don't have much time. No, the Lord's going to be here. Yes, he, he won't will. be here before I finish this Isaiah series. No, I will finish. I don't know. I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to be on it that long, I promise. Okay, well, tonight on the show, Isaiah's prophetic book, part 119. Lord prevails, although today in our world we find chaos. Know that God delivered Judah, thus he will bring in his kingdom, and with him will be those who are found in Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And now back to you. We are in Isaiah 42. 
You know, we left off in verse 15, and I'll make waste mountains and hills and dry up their herbs, and I'll make the rivers islands, and we'll dry up the pools. And we covered this last time, and we're discovering how the Lord is working, and it's through the prophecies here of Isaiah that we find out what God was going to do with Babylon, and he was going to use Cyrus. But within this section is a lot of stuff pertaining to the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus. And uh, so we've gone through a lot of those, and... The part I like about this is the sovereignty of God and how he declares it ahead of time. So this week, as Tower said, this is the title is The Lord Prevails. And the Lord there is Yahweh or Jehovah. The covenant name of God, the personal name of God. Isaiah's prophetic book, part 119. And if you were in Babylon, as the Jews were, Judah, and you've been there 70 years, and, you know, when Daniel began his book and actually he was he knew that Jeremiah the prophet had written how long that they were going to be there and because the things he prophesied about Judah came to pass and that Judah wound up in Babylon and they lost their kingdom then they knew that Jeremiah was not a false prophet they could pay attention so Daniel would look through Jeremiah to find out when that 70 years is up. And in Daniel, he does figure it out. And he knew that it was getting close, that they, that they had been there long enough. And they say that, you know, and I didn't really think about this much. I like Daniel, and many people do prophetically. But they said Daniel continued to live in Babylon. He never did go back. And I find that interesting, that he stayed where he was. And uh, personally, I, I don't know whether he did or not. But, but there are some things about this that, you know, some other writings that uh, talk about that and talk about a few other things about Daniel relating Daniel to a lot of things that were going on and even to other prophets at the time but the things we're concerned about here now is that God is speaking now of his people you know and if you've been there 70 years like I began a little bit ago and all of a sudden it's time for you to be delivered. How are you going to be delivered? Babylon is the strongest kingdom on earth. And that's what Isaiah's portion here, you know, and, and all the prophecies been doing concerning this. Because he lays it out in different sections. And he concerns himself with first the judgment. And... Uh, and, of course, he dealt with the Assyrian issue. And now we're in the part that he's going to bring them home. And so you've been there 70 years, and the Babylon's very, very strong. Nobody has conquered them. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it happens. Cyrus comes along. Now, for the most part, Cyrus has not approach that close to Babylon. He's staying in his portion. But he ends up moving toward Babylon. And he's drawn towards Babylon. 
And it's just like the Assyrians, when they went down to attack Jerusalem, and they had pillaged the area all the way there, they knew what the prophet Isaiah had said, that God was going to bring the Assyrians. So there's one thing that that is absolute here, is that the heathen paid attention to the Jewish prophets, especially when it was in their interest to listen to what they were saying. Like the Assyrians. Well, did you know Isaiah said that God's going to use them? So, well, hey, you know, let's go get them. And so you got Cyrus, and he's going to deliver them. And we've talked about that a lot. But if you're in this aspect uh, of Babylon in captivity for all these years, and you're there because... You disobeyed God. And most of the generations that were grown up in there, the older, the original generations would have probably perished completely. So it was the younger ones. They were actually born in captivity, probably. But uh, at any rate, you had had a lot of them that would have been rather new. They wouldn't have known how to keep the law. And, of course, that's why... It ended up with Ezra the priest actually teaching them how to keep the law. They had to relearn the law. And so we're talking about a group of people that needed to learn how to be Jews again. Because they had been in Babylon. And even to this day we have different things that Israel does today as a result of uh, coming out of that Babylonian system. Uh, and, you know, when we look at some of their feasts and their timing and their dates and stuff it's interesting these kind of things have effect on it but see God tells them in this verse 16 and I will bring the blind by a way that they know not and I will lead them in paths they have not known I will make darkness light before them crooked things straight this thing will I do unto them and not forsake them and so, you know, when you look at them, how am I going to get back? Maybe they didn't even know how to get back. They didn't even know which way to go. They knew maybe one direction or something. But how do you get back? And, and so when we, when we look at that, all of this reveals a people that don't know. They're ignorant on, you know, how to get back. And when we talk about the blind by a way, the, you know, that was Judah in captivity. They, they didn't know these things anymore. They haven't had an army. They haven't had a priest, a high priest. You know, uh, Ezekiel went into captivity there. And they might have had some of, some of, uh, of the Levites that, made it into captivity but most of them would have totally forgotten that and of course the original people that that uh, the original generation that had sinned against the Lord they're the generation that was serving other gods and and even passing their children through the fire so even they weren't totally obedient at all uh, to the Lord God and didn't keep his law so there's a lot of issues here you know they're blinded and God is going to bring them back but he's got to teach them everything again he's got to bring them back and he's going to give them the temple he's going to give Jerusalem they're going to have their kingdom back but uh, that lasts till about the time of the Roman occupation and then the Jews officially lose it and uh, you don't find the Jews actually getting back into power of, of a country until you get to uh, 1948. Now, see, you look at Israel today, and they're strong and vibrant. They've got an economy. They've got world-renowned scientists. You know, Israel um, has a ton of enemies. 
But see, God says here, he says, I'm going to bring the blind by a way they know not. In other words, I'm bringing Israel back. And they may not know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to lead them in paths that they've never seen before. That they have not even known these paths, but I'm bringing them back. And these paths also can apply to the fact, well, what kind of paths are you bringing them back? Well, what road are you going to take? Well, it's not necessarily always when we look at this, we can see the spiritual aspect of this too. Israel has been in a pagan nation. You know, for all intents and purposes, they're Jewish Gentiles. <laughs> you know, they're in, they're in Babylon here. They haven't been around. They haven't been made to keep the law. They're just in Babylon. And so it's interesting. But, you know, see, even as Christians, this speaks to me. Because there's a lot of things we don't know. We, we think as Christians and having prophecy and the New Testament and the Old Testament. That we know everything there is in prophecy. And and I've been there too. And I could write you out a timeline of the prophecy and the events going up to uh, the arrival of the beast. And what happens afterwards. But you see, there, there is a way, you know. God's ways is higher than ours. And he says, I'll make darkness light before them. You know, in other words, he's going to bring them along a path. And all of a sudden they get enlightened. They learn things. And we're not just talking about how to get home to Jerusalem. We're talking about a people that now are being brought out of a paganized culture. And they're paganized like their culture is. And they're not where they need to be as Jews. And this is still the the old covenant and they still need to do the sacrifices but see god's bringing them back and for all intents and purposes when he begins to bring them back the mercy of god has covered them over they have paid the price for falling away so that's forgotten he's not going to judge them again for that so they're coming back and this there's a newness to this you're going to learn new things you're going to learn paths that you haven't known before and he says, these things will I do unto them and not forsake them. And see, that's got to be good to them when they see it. And Kyle and Delish uh, talk about this. They said, um, when you talk of the blind, um, it's applied. <laughs> to his people as being ignorant. After 70 years in exile, being away from the Jewish lifestyle and keeping the covenant and all that, it would be new. Because you've got new people. You've got kids grown. They were never taught anything. Now, they would have told them stories. But the actual practice is the thing we're talking about. Now, the other thing that I think that speaks a lot here, um, and that's found in Luke 1, and, and you can read all of Luke 1. And that's actually the prophecy of the coming of the Lord. And a little section of this tells you about the about the babe and particularly the covenant he says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us the Jews have had so many nations hate them because they're Jews and uh, even Oh, uh, a particular female on the view got in trouble because she castigated the Jews. 
And it's totally unnecessary because she could have been doing her job without mentioning the Jews. But it's so easy to mention the Jews. And, and especially when you get up in, in some of the areas of the UN that hate them. So the enemy, you know, back in Luke 171, that we should be saved from our enemies. I mean, that still applies today for the Jewish people. And it applied before they went into captivity. It applied when God delivered them from the hands of uh, the Babylonians. It applied all the way through. They've always had that. And when the Lord came, he prophesied. He said, if they hated me, they will hate you. And as Christians uh, in, in the new covenant, we know that there is a good portion of nations and and people that hate Christianity. We report on this every week. We have for years. China literally hates them. There was news today on China and the Chinese Christians. The Christians over there are supposed to be kept quiet. They're supposed to shut up, stay under the radar, don't say anything. And yet some of the Christians over there were able to get a word out about how hard it is to live a Christian in China today, it, it is really, really tough. And in North Korea, it's absolutely unbelievable over there because if they find out you're a Christian, you can die, all your family and you, immediately, no questions asked. And if you don't die, they put you in a camp and you wish you were dead once you were in these camps. And so... There's that hatred. You know, when God has a chosen, the devil works to hate him. And so he goes on in 72. Remember, this is the prophecy of the Messiah coming. To perform, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant. Remember Christ came, he said, I come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Now, as a Christian, that's what we would want to do. We want to live out our lives, have our families, raise our kids, you know, uh, work hard, be good, serve the Lord, have faith. All those things are available to the Christian today because of Yahshua coming and dying on the cross. But see, the prophecy here is about the coming of that child. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life, and thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And as a child grew and waxed strong in spirit, was in the deserts till the day of his showing in Israel. Now I think this piece that I put out here is about John. But see, John and Christ both both have the same type of a covenant. And uh, so if you get in the first part of that, And I should have looked at that a little closer when I put that up there. But Luke 1, the whole thing has it in there anyway. And of course... You do have it about John and Zacharias in there. 
And in Luke 26, the angel Gabriel is mentioned, and that is uh, where the Lord comes in. So you have this whole thing. It, it all refers, of course, to the covenant, both John and John was that one to come. He was that Elijah to come. And Christ came. But see, all of that, what, is that, what does all this mean in Luke 1? It means that God is doing something new. And, of course, he's still doing stuff new. And the whole thing is about redemption. It's about restoration. John was about restoration. Christ was about triumphing over all principalities and powers and dying on the cross, providing the blood of the atonement. And John was the one to prepare the way, prepare the hearts of the people. Now you see, you notice Christ is coming back again. He is coming back. So who's preparing the way for the return of Jesus Christ? We are, Christians. For this gospel shall be preached in all the world, and then the end shall come. So we have John preceding Christ before he went to the cross. The cross. And we have the Christians today, and the Messianic believers, we're all preparing the way for the Lord for when he comes. And there will also be two major prophets that will arise during the tribulation that will be there as a testimony and a sign to all those who have followed the beast. And they won't be able to overcome him until it's time. Now see, all this when we get back into Isaiah, when we talk about God doing a new thing, I mean, we're talking a lot. And this was totally, totally new. Paul says that this was something that the angels desired to look into because they were, it was new to them too. And there's a warning, you know, in Isaiah 42:17 they shall be turned back they shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images that say to the molten images you are our gods now you see there is a difference between an image that has lips and don't speak that has ears and cannot hear has feet but can't walk have arms but can't wave them they have eyes but can't blink. They got noses but they cannot smell. You know, this is the image, the graven image. And see, the thing that makes these images powerful are the demons behind them. They're the ones listening to the prayers. They're the ones trying to answer your prayers. And if you don't do it right, they can bring a curse on you. But see, trusting in graven images is not going to deliver you out of the hands of the Lord. And so, <laughs> when you're delivered out of that, you're glad you're delivered. I mean, I remember what the Lord delivered me from. I don't want to go back. And I know the power it took. And you see, when we look at Israel coming out of Babylon, and they did serve graven images. And so, when the Lord came, you know, our Lord came and was born of a woman. They were looking for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel was that great prophet, the son of David, the greater son of David. And that great prophet would be that consolation for a people who had gone into captivity, had fallen 
and the nations saw them fall. You see, every nation on earth practically knows the history of Israel. Almost all of them know what happened to them. And so it's important in these things to understand that. That Israel was delivered. You know, they were delivered out of Egypt. They got into the land. They did real good at times. But finally they wound up being sent into captivity. God is now delivering them. And they look back and they say, well, I'm glad that's over. I wish it would have never happened. I'm never going to trust in graven images again. I'm not going to go. I'm going to stick to the Lord. I'm going to do what he says. Now, see, that's no different except they're in the Old Covenant and as Christians were in the New Covenant. But you see, we need to have that same kind of thing. God delivered me from that. I'm not going to go back. I'm going to trust in him. I'm not going to go back to what I did. But see, the Christians living in America in the West, it's easy to live in a country that is so wealthy and has been so blessed and everything, you know, you get sick, you have a doctor. You need medicine, you have a job so you can go get some. You have retirement, you got this, you got that. You get overseas, you don't have that. Make no mistake here. Every Christian, every believer has to understand these principles. Now you see the the nations of idols like Babylon, Babylon falls. Its demon idols didn't help them. And meanwhile, the very ones that they had in captivity, Judah, was released, set free because of Jehovah God. That's a difference between a living God and an idol. In Habakkuk 2, 18 through 20, and he's dealing with it too here in Habakkuk. What profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof has graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols? Woe to him that woe unto him that saith unto the wood, Awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver. There's no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. See, that's the difference. But see, you look at, at the world today. We have more technology, more sciences, and more anything. Yet we have some of the top nations on the earth that serve dumb idols. And they serve false gods. And, you know, we worship things. We worship the Internet. We worship technology. See, science and technology and all these things, without God involved, they become idols and idol worship. And see, this is exactly what the beast is going to use to snare the entire world. And we already have the technology to initiate the mark of the beast today. We could do it today. That's how close we are. So when we go through this, we're talking major deliverance here. People that had forgotten everything, God is going to lead them in a new way. He's going to teach them. He's going to bring them back. Meanwhile, the comparison is there are those who trusted in idols. There were those who trusted in idols, 
like Babylon, and they overthrew Judah. But see, even Babylon knew of the prophet Jeremiah. Because when Babylon came and overthrew Judah, Jeremiah was in Jerusalem. And they found him there and said, well, you can do whatever you want, and we know who you are. You can come back to Babylon with us, do whatever you want to do, or you can stay here. Because Jeremiah was the prophet. And make make no mistake, whatever you think of Israel, you see a true prophet of God come out of Israel. And, and I knew a, a Jewish prophet. I didn't always agree with him. But, uh, I mean, he made a lot of people provoked. <laughs> but, you know, God sent him for a purpose. He's already gone to be with the Lord. But, uh, you know, it is an experience. It's not like a preacher down here. And even he said, if you're going to talk to a Jew about the gospel... He said, you better take along a sack lunch and be prepared to to stay a while because if you got a chance to say something, which you probably won't because he won't shut up, because he'll be telling you everything, why you're wrong and what you have to do. I mean, they've got the starch in their genes. Well, especially today, they're back in the land. And their God exists for them. So they're still under the old covenant even when they don't have all the ability to keep the old covenant. That's where they're at. But see, Christ is going to bring them in. Now the next verse, it says, Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Now see, we're using all of this stuff. Because Israel, how did they get up there? Judah, how did they get in Babylon in the first place? They were deaf. They wouldn't listen when the Lord sent the prophets to warn them. They were blind because they didn't believe what the word of God said when they read it. But see, the thing of it is, that's so good about this. That's the past. Now we're in a Babylon that God is going to deliver the Jews. The Jews that were blind. But he's going to lead them to liberty. And of course this comes out of God's mercy and his compassion for them. And they saw his displeasure, his wrath. But see, in all of this, his mercy is going to fulfill the word that he gave to Jeremiah that said they're going to be there for 70 years. He's going to bring them back. They can't bring themselves back. They can't overthrow them. So God had to work it out, and he did, and he brought them back. Now, see, this is no different than God dealing with the church today. To say that the church in the world today is perfect as we know it, it's not. And there's a lot of churches that are like the Laodicean church. Now you remember that one in Revelation 3. They said, I am rich and increased with goods, have need of nothing. But God says to them, knowest not that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? So then he goes on to be their attorney. He says, I counsel you to buy me of gold tried in the fire. That's tribulation. That's trouble. That's trial. And by doing that, you're going to be rich, he says. You're going to have white raiment. The white raiment represents righteousness. That thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. Well, when you appear before him. You see, because every man, woman, and child, I mean everybody, every soul that's ever been born will appear before God. And there will be those who are naked. And they will be the unrighteous. There will be those who will be in white raiment. And they will be those who are righteous through Christ. 
Why do we deserve this? We don't. But he did it. Why did the Jews deserve to get taken out of Babylon? They didn't deserve that. But God is compassionate. God loves them. He's going to keep his word. He's a redemptive God. And they had served the sentence that he put down. There's some left, and he's going to bring them back, and nobody's going to stop him. Certainly not demons and idols and Babylon, which is nothing. And it's the same way in the church today. Today, Christians around the world are being persecuted for their faith. And some of the toughest areas there is to be a Christian that are so unbelievably hard. Unless you hear some of the stories we're reading about him, you'll never believe them. But God makes a way for him. And we see the enemies of God coming to the Lord. And today God is moving as never before. It's an amazing thing to see. So in, when 18 says, hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. And we can say that today. Hey, you who are deaf that can't hear the word of God, that don't want to listen to the testimony. Look, you who are so blind you can't see what our God is doing today. Listen. Look. Well, the next verse says, Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf is my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? And here... There were those in Israel who were a servant of Yahweh. But guess what? In Judah, when Jeremiah was talking to them, telling them and warning them, they didn't believe. They didn't want to hear his preaching. They didn't want to hear his warning. Speak to us the smooth things. Go in your own country. Go to your own place and preach. Leave us alone. They would not listen. So when we talk about who is blind but my servant, who is blind as the Lord's servant, his own people were blinded. They wouldn't listen. And they were supposed to be the servants of Yahweh, but they forgot. And when we look at the Laodicean church, we see the same thing that happens with Christianity as well. But if you go back to the Lord when he was here walking in Jerusalem, the main enemy was the high priest and all the others that were there who conspired against him. It was the church. And so we got to be careful that we're not building kingdoms, that we're forgetting the Lord, that we're built on money and power and technology instead of the spirit of the Lord. Because the thing that matters in your church today is not your internet, and it's certainly not your computers, and it's not your fancy church. It's the spirit of the living God. If you don't have the spirit of the living God, my friend, then that fancy church of yours with all your technology is going to burn in the fire of Hades. So take note here today. You need to wake up. So when we say, who is blind but my servant? As my messenger that I sent. Christ sent us all to go into all the world and preach the gospel. This gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. But remember, Christ also said, I've come not to destroy the law, but I've come to fulfill it. Why? Because he's going to bring the Israel. They were disobedient too, but God is a merciful God. He's going to bring them along. He's going to bring them along paths that they have never seen before, that they didn't understand. They've been blinded, but God is going to save the house of Israel, all of them, both houses. He's going to save the, the Gentiles, you know, the ones who were unclean. <laughs> we were all a bunch of pagans. But God said, you know, I'm going to take them over there. And I'm going to clean them up. 
you know, and I can just see them talking up there. They said, why do you want them? They are terrible. That's why I want them, because I can make them into new. See, and that's what God specializes in. Whether it's Israel, whether it's a Jew, whether it's a Gentile, and even Ishmael is the same way. God can clean up Ishmael. He can save those who are dedicated to Muhammad and a lot of others. He can save you who are dedicated to money and power. But you need to come to the end of your rope. You need to be able to see. And if you want to follow the delusion, he'll let you. So we see a lot of things here that I like. And when I go through this, I see so many things that are warnings. So many things that are encouraging. God just didn't, didn't invent mercy. He didn't just invent faith for Christians. He didn't have grace just because of us in the New Testament. God has always had compassion and grace but he's not going to put up with sin and he has made a way through his son Yahshua and so you believe on him just like Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness sake so when you believe on Yahshua Jesus that he died on the cross for your sins God will impute that faith and that belief into righteousness and you can you will be given the power to become the sons of God that's John chapter 1 being born of the spirit John chapter 2 walking in the light is he the lord is in the light first John chapter 1 you can read it in there see these are important Second Corinthians, seeing then, this is verse 12, chapter 3. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. See, this tells us that Christ is the one that fulfilled the law. That that veil, that old covenant is gone. The holy of holies and the veil that there, the curtain has been ripped away. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When that heart turns to the Lord... The veil where they could not see and understand will be taken away. And worse, we see it with the enemies of God. And I mean true, actual enemies of Christianity and of the Jews coming to the Lord today. And so when we're going through Isaiah, the depth of Isaiah speaks to us. It speaks uh, to us of the time of Babylon and Judah and God delivering them, of Cyrus, his servant. But it speaks us to us of the Messiah, Yeshua, who was also the servant of God, who was much more than what Cyrus was. Cyrus had an army, and he had might and power, and that's how he defeated Babylon. Christ was mighty in word and deed and faith, and he was given all power by the Father. And in him was found that deliverance. And he triumphed over all principalities and powers, and to this day he is still... Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And if the devil is oppressing you, if darkness looks like it's winning, I got news for you. It isn't. 
it's all put on by the devil and there's going to be a rise of darkness and it will make people angry it'll make people upset it will bother you but you have to focus on the Lord you have to understand that what you see in front of you is just temporary for God is able to deliver us this is the God that delivered Israel twice once from Egypt, the second time from Babylon. And then, of course, we think of the time when Titus invaded, took over Jerusalem, and a million Jews died, according to Josephus. And that temple was destroyed. Then Israel was brought back into the land in 48. And they're still waiting for another temple to be built. But they've got enemies all around them. But this God is able to deliver them now. And he's able to save them to the uttermost now. He's got Gentiles who were brought in through the new covenant. Many of whom live in areas that are absolutely blisteringly hateful towards Christians. And Christians have lost their lives like nobody's business. The genocide that's on the world today is the killing and murder of Christians in many parts of the world, which we have covered in many of them. So we will begin again next week in verse 20 of that. Seeing many things, but thou observest not. Opening the ears, but he heareth not. You know, <laughs> someone speaking to you. God has shown you, he's speaking to you, but you don't hear and you still don't see. Father, thank you for your word. Bless your word to the hearts of those that hear it whenever they hear it. Lord, bless them, minister to them, deliver them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Father, send this word over the Internet, through the social media, around the world. Let the hungry hear. Let the thirsty quenched let the blind eyes be opened let the deaf ears be released let the voices of deliverance cry aloud and praise your name for great is the Lord God who has delivered us in Jesus name let this be done amen okay tower Okay. You know, I'm truly thankful and very thankful every day for what the Lord has delivered me out of. And, you know, you work with people and they're miserable and you want to tell them and you have told them things before and they don't want to hear. But if they would just listen, how much better their life would be they would yeah. have the peace and joy of the lord that passes all understanding yep and some people are miserable and it's like they want to be that way yeah one person told me i'm not going to change i like the way my i like the way i live this person is one of the most miserable people that i know very very unhappy I just know. sad i know and, uh, you know, th there's a lot of examples of that. You know, I had some friends that worked on the streets in S Seattle. Yeah. You know, in a coffee house. And one guy came in there and he says, I don't want delivered. I like the lust. I want to be this way. They couldn't do nothing. He went back out the door. That's sad. So we got to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. We love you and hope the best for you and the Lord. Stay safe.
and look to him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. We love you, and good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, shalom, everybody. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.